Romans chapter 8, and we're going to start in verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation. How much condemnation? None. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I want you all to underline free and the law of sin and death in your Bibles. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, the likeness of, not actually in sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the Spirit, not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I want to talk to you tonight about, well, this should be your, this should be the thing that you carry with you all week, this one little simple phrase. So the rest of the week when you start feeling kind of, kind of down or, uh, the devil starts to lie to you, I want you to just remember this one phrase. I'm free. I'm free. There's power in those two words. I'm free. And I want to I want to get that across to you tonight. Back in verse two, he says, "For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. I'm free from the law of sin and death." So what does it mean to be free? We have freedom here in the United States, right? What does that really mean? It's pretty hard to put into words when you start trying to. Well, first thing that comes to my mind is I'm not a slave. If I don't want to work, I don't have to work. Right? If... I want to go somewhere, I can go. If I want to not go anywhere, I can stay home. If I want to walk up to somebody and call them a name, I can do that. If I want to go stand on the corner of the road and start preaching, I can do that. For the most part. <laughs> so what does it really mean to be free, right? I mean, it's you have the right to do pretty much what you want to do. Okay? It means that there's no law that binds me. There's laws I have to follow, but there's no law that holds me in bondage. See, when... Let's think about the times of slavery here in the United States. People were made slaves, not because they chose to be slaves. They were born into slavery. Some of them were, you know, a lot of people went to Africa to catch slaves and bring them over here. Okay? So, it wasn't by choice that they were a slave. 
That's what, that's the exact opposite of freedom, right? They were in bondage. If we think about the Israelites in, in Egypt, they were in bondage. They didn't, those people didn't choose to be there necessarily, but they were in bondage. They couldn't just up and leave if they wanted to. If they got up in the morning, they couldn't just say, hey, I don't feel good. I'm not going to work today. No. They had to work. They didn't have a choice in the matter. There was, they didn't, they couldn't just choose how they wanted to worship. It had to be approved. So that's the exact opposite of freedom. You know, most of us today don't really understand the price of freedom. Because we've never had to fight for freedom. We fight to keep it sometimes. That's not the same thing. We see our freedoms vanishing if we look closely in this country. When we're born into this country, we're given freedom. It's it's ours. They owe it to us, right? And that's how we feel. Right? Just because we're a natural-born U.S. citizen, we have a right to be free. Kind of. But what are we born into in our spiritual life? We're born into bondage. We've been talking about this in Sunday school. We're born into bondage. We're in bondage to that law of sin and death. We don't have a choice in the matter. We're born into it. But actually we do have a choice. Jesus gave us a choice. He came and gave us a choice. What did He do? He set us free. John 8 and 36 says, If the Son therefore shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. You see, that's all that had to happen. He, he made us free. He paid the price. See, there, I want you all to remember back there was a movie a long time ago. Honestly, right now I don't remember which movie it was. but There was this slave that had earned his freedom. And I remember in the movie, he's, he's riding along. This is a black man. He's riding along. He's free, man. I got papers. You can't touch me. I'm not a slave anymore. I'm free. And what happens? Somebody catches him. Tear up his papers. Guess what? You're a slave, buddy. He don't have a choice in the matter. Who's going to believe him? He's a slave, just like any other slave. I want you all to think about your freedom in Christ. See, Satan tries to tell you that sometimes. He tries to tell you that, oh, you're not free. You're still in bondage. I still got a hold on you. But he's lying. You know what? We don't have to produce any papers for Satan. We don't have to produce anything to prove to him about our freedom. Our freedom has already been paid for. And you know what? It's been declared. See, when when there came a point in this country when, when slaves were set free, okay? Nobody could legally own a slave anymore. 
I know there was a big war over it. But there came a point where, no, we've abolished slavery. Okay? No longer did anybody have to produce papers. It was a well-known fact. I promise y'all I'm getting somewhere. Hang on, okay? It was a well-known fact. Those that once were slaves are now free. Okay? See, Satan tries to tell you you're still in bondage. He tries to hold that over your head. But the Word of God tells you, what did it just say in Romans chapter 8, verse 1? There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. So it doesn't matter what Satan tries to tell you about the bondage of law of sin and death. You're free. You've been made free. The slavery, the bondage has been abolished. Now, what about those that are still in bondage? Do you think during that time when slavery was abolished, if a slave chose to stay with his master, his master would have forced him to leave? No. He let him stay. Why? Free labor, man. Free labor. So do you think that your old master, Satan, wouldn't allow you to come stay in the bondage of sin and death? Yeah, He will. (laughs) But you don't have to because you're free. So any bondage you find yourself in, once you've accepted Jesus as your Savior, you've accepted the payment He made for your sin. You've accepted what He did. The price has already been paid. You don't need no walking papers. It's done. It's a done deal. But what do we do? We choose to stay in bondage. Even though our freedom has been paid for, why did slaves sometimes choose to stay with their masters? Because they had it better there than they did out on their own. It was easier, right? What would have happened if they got out on their own? They had to make their own way. Who wanted to hire a slave? Or a former slave? Who wanted to hire a black man? Nobody. What happened to the Israelites when they were set free? They got out into the desert and began wandering around for 40 years. It's a long time. It's a long time to walk around in the desert. Why am I doing this? Because they pretty much walked in circles. You know how long it would have taken them? I don't remember now. I read the other day, though, how long it would have taken them to get from point A to point B. It was like no time. But they wandered around in the desert because God was trying to do something, right? What did they say to Moses? Man, we'd been a whole lot better if we had stayed back there. Now, you think that sounds crazy. Why would you want to go back and be a slave? But what do we do? We lay down our freedom every time we step back into bondage. You say, well, I'm not in bondage. You're right, you're not. But in your mental 
uh, thinking, in your mentality, you fall back into bondage because you would a whole lot rather be there. It's just easier. It's easier. It's my nature, right? Man, that's, that's what those Israelites were born into. They didn't know what freedom was. They were born into that. It's a whole lot more natural and easy just to be there. Yeah, we get beat every now and then. But we get food. We don't have to worry about how we're going to eat. We don't have to worry about, you know, finding water. It's all right there. See, they were willing to give up the freedom that God had supplied them with just to go back into bondage. That ain't no different from our life today. Our spiritual life today is exactly the same. We were in bondage. We were set free. And some of us would just a whole lot rather go back to bondage. Because it's easier. I don't have to, I don't have to try very hard. I just get up every day and do my regular routine. I don't have to worry about anybody's expectations of me. I'm just living my normal life. And I blend in with everybody else. I don't have to worry about standing out in the crowd. I don't have to be worried about being called to be different or being called to a higher standard. I just just live. Do you really want to give up your freedom? No, I don't. Today, we're given freedom in this country. It's been paid for by the blood of many men. And you can trace that back to the beginning of this country. And you can say what you want to about all the wars we fought in between. But the point still remains that our freedom is paid for by blood. And that ain't no different from our freedom in in a spiritual sense. Jesus paid for our freedom with His blood. Isn't that kind of odd? You know, there wasn't any kind of big settlement that they came to in court when they declared this to be a country, sovereign of the United Kingdom or whatever it was then. <laughs> I'm not a history buff. When they declared themselves free from the rule of that king, they didn't come to some settlement. There wasn't a court case that ruled in their favor. No, they, they fought for it. They took it. They paid for it with blood. It's the only way they could do it. The only thing we can do is fight. And there's going to be a lot of people die for it. Jesus came. He paid the penalty. I want you all to hear this now. He paid the penalty for my sin. There's a penalty for my sin. There's consequences for it. But He's already paid for it. I'm free. My freedom has been bought. Right? I didn't do anything to earn it. Somebody just came and paid. 
set him free. I want you to remember. There's a reason why I'm telling you this. I'll get to you get to it in a minute. I want you to remember that the next time you commit a sin, next time you fail in some way, you you may go back to something that you're in bondage to, or you were in bondage to. I want you to remember that penalty's been paid for. There's no condemnation to you. And that almost sounds like like a, a free ticket, right? It almost sounds like I can just do whatever I want to do and I don't have to pay for it. Well, you know, this is real dangerous territory. <laughs> but in the proper sense, that's right. That doesn't give you a license to go do what you want to do. God still expects certain things of you, but there's no penalty. There is no penalty for your sin. The penalty is what? Death. I have life and peace. I have life. I'm free. I've been set free. The price for my sin has already been paid. It's covered. There's nothing else I need to do. I want you to remember that. Why? Because I know what it's like, y'all. You do something you shouldn't have done. Seems like I've been preaching this a lot lately. I hope I hope it's reaching somebody. You do something you shouldn't have done, and you say, "Man, I've done it again." And immediately that guilt comes. Why? Because Satan is trying to hold that over you. What does Revelation call him? The accuser of the brethren. He's trying to tell you you're you're sorry. Look at you doing it again. But Romans chapter 8 says, There is therefore now no condemnation. Why are you feeling that condemnation? There is no condemnation. Jesus is not condemning you because of your sin. Does He say it's okay? No, He's not saying it's okay. But there's no condemnation for you for it. That penalty was already paid. You, your account is in good standing with God. You see, that's what Satan wants to do. He wants to convince you that, oh, you've done it now. You're going to have to pay, buddy. It's already been paid. My sin's covered. My sin has been washed away. See, you can't tell this kind of stuff to everybody. Because somebody will get this wild hair and decide, hey, I can go do whatever I want to do, man. I'm a Christian. (laughs) No. Paul said all things are lawful, but not all things are expedient. Not everything is right. Just because I can go do it doesn't make it right. It doesn't further my testimony. It doesn't further the, the gospel in any way. I want y'all to dwell in Romans chapter 8, 1 through 4 this week. It's also going to benefit you if you're in Sunday school because that's where he's going to be studying next week. Verse 2, for the law of the Spirit. This is the law you need to be focused on. The law of the Spirit of life 
in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh. So see, the law that God gave me couldn't do anything because of my weak flesh. It couldn't do anything for me. We've talked about that in Sunday school. We've talked about how that law doesn't do anything but reveal sin. And it points sin out. And therefore, it can't do anything for me as far as helping me. All it does is condemn me. Right? Thank God I'm not bound to that law. Thank God I'm free from that. See, Jesus came and He paid my, paid the price for my sin so that I could live by a different law. I could live by that law of life. Right? I'm not bound to the law of sin and death. That old law, the bondage of that law. Did you see how those people in, in, in the Old Testament, they were bound to it? Everything they did had tradition, had it was regulated. There was only certain ways you could do certain things. If you want to see, go look in Deuteronomy. Leviticus, all those places, and see the kind of bondage those people were under, even though they were free. It don't make any sense, right? I was reading through there one time, and at one point he's telling them exactly how they have to set their tents up. It has to be just so. And the first thing I thought of was the army. Man, if he come through there and looked at your tents and they weren't just right, guess what you get to do? Tear them down and start over. Because it's going to be right. Whether you like it or not, he didn't care. You could stay there all night doing it. It's going to be right, right? It didn't seem like freedom. You know what? There ain't no freedom in the military. They don't care what you think about freedom. You're going to do it the way we want you to do it, right? And it feels just like that same bondage the Israelites were under. If you don't do it, it doesn't matter how you like your tent set up. You understand that? It doesn't matter if you like yours to face the, the sun in the morning or, or to have, have the, the sunset out in the, in the front in the evening. It doesn't matter how you want to position your tent. You're going to do it the way we want you to do it. And it better be in line and look just right and every little snap and everything's perfect. And that is the same way the law God gave them was. It's not just those Ten Commandments, y'all. He told them letter for letter how you're going to do everything. And they had to fall right in line with it. But Jesus came to give us life, to give it to us more abundantly. We don't have to worry about all those little insignificant details. We don't have to worry about uh, what Satan tries to tell us. We don't have to worry about the sin that has been in our life in the past. What did he say? Put all that stuff behind you and keep running your race. Forget about everything back there and look ahead. How can you do that? Because you're free. 
If you were still in bondage, you couldn't do that kind of stuff. You'd have to every year, you'd have to make sacrifices. You'd have to do, make a reckoning for the things you've done wrong. We don't have to do that. We're free from it. We're free from that penalty, that, that law of sin and death. So when I ask you what we're free from, what would you say? What does it mean to be free? I'll ask it again. It means I don't have to fear. It means I don't have to sit and fret and worry about something I've done. I don't have to dwell on something I've done. I don't have to let that guilt eat away at me and tear down my spirit. I remind Satan, oh Satan, I'm free. I'm free from it. I've already confessed it. I've repented. I've turned it over to God. And guess what? He's washed me clean once again because I'm free. You know what you can do? You can go sit back in the jail cell and wait for your master Satan to lead you along and give you tasks to do every day and keep you busy. He'll give you a little bit of something every now and then to keep you going. You can go sit back down and do that if you want to. But that's not freedom. You see, freedom is not the easy life. You look at those guys that came over here and started a country, they didn't have easy going. They were... They were... uh, kind of striking out on their own, right? They had to make a way for themselves. We don't even have to do that, y'all. This is the wonderful situation we're in. We're not alone. We don't have to get out there and make our own way, toil in the, in the spiritual dirt, so to speak. God has already made the way. He's provided. He didn't just provide our freedom. He provided everything else we need to follow Him and to be free. You see, it's, it's almost like that freedom is not freedom. The thing that makes it freedom is that I can choose to go do something else. But I still serve a master. But my master's good. My master doesn't hold guilt over my head. My master lets me know that at any point in time, if you want to leave, buddy, you can leave. You see, I serve him by choice. I serve Him because He is good. He's wonderful. He's done more for me than I can ever imagine. I serve Him because I choose to serve Him because He already paid all my penalty. He did all of that so that I could choose to serve Him. That don't even seem right to this world. You see, if I go pay for something, I expect something out of it, right? I expect somebody to give me whatever I paid for. If I hire somebody to do something, I expect them to do what I hired them to do. But He went and paid that penalty, and we don't even have to choose Him. You understand that? We don't even have to. But He paid it anyway.
I don't really know how else to say it tonight. But I want to drive it home. I want you to walk out of here tonight. And some of y'all are looking at me like, okay, what else you got, Kevin? But I'm telling you right now, I want you to leave here tonight with that term in your, in your mind. I want it to just be burned in. I'm free. I don't know what kind of stuff Satan works on you about. I don't want to know. That's your business. I guarantee you he works on you about something. When's the last time Satan came to you and told you how sorry you were? When's the last time he came to you and reminded you of your past? Hmm? He does it pretty regular with me. If y'all don't know what I'm talking about, maybe we're experiencing different things. I don't know. But pretty regular, he comes to me and tries to remind me of my past. Sometimes on a daily basis or more, he'll come to me. Remember when you used to do that, Kevin? Remember, remember how you treated that person, Kevin? Sorry. I don't know about care about anything you have to say. You know, sometimes he'll talk to me when I'm preaching to y'all. He'll try to convince me that, that what I'm saying is not, it's just falling on deaf ears. See, that's how Satan wants to work. He wants to destroy everything. Have y'all ever met a person like that that just seems like they have to destroy everything they come in contact with? That's what he wants to do. He wants to tear you down. But you know what you can do? Remind him of his future. Remind Him of His uh, defeat. Remind Him who you are. Wait a minute, see? This is, this is where a lot of Christians are weak. Because they don't know who they are. You see, you have to know who you are in order to, in order to accomplish anything in this life. And you, you, can, you can use that in a spiritual sense or a worldly sense. You have to know who you are and what you're capable of. Right? Do you know who you are? You know who you are in Christ? See, my Bible tells me that I'm a part of a royal priesthood. My Bible tells me that I'm a joint heir with Jesus Christ. My Bible tells me that I'm free from the law of sin and death, the penalty of of that law. It tells me that I'm not under any kind of condemnation. It tells me that I have power over Satan through the name of Jesus Christ. Satan don't want to remind you of that stuff. See, he wants to come and tell you how strong he is. He wants to tell you how he's got power over you. See, you're weak again. See, I've been telling you I've got power. I've got power. I'm strong. See, But He don't want you to remind Him that He's already defeated. Man, think about that now. You know, there's some men that kind of have power over their wives or their women. And they abuse them. Even 
mentally and physically. They abuse them. And they hold that power over them. And you can take a one of these men, and usually these men are always in trouble, you know, they're in prison and stuff like that. And, but you take one of those men and put them in prison, and it amazes me how they can still keep that power over their wife. And they're behind bars. You know, their wife will come up there and sit on the other side of the glass, and all he's got to do is say one thing, and they just they tremble. It never pops into their head, this guy can't do anything to me. He's on the other side of this wall. He's confined. I'm free from him. You see, that's how we are in this Christian life. We're free from that old uh, accuser. We're free from that old jailer, that old old man that used to try to hold us down and, and contain us and, and keep us repressed. We're free from him. And guess what? He's defeated. Just like that guy that's in jail. He's already defeated. We don't have to listen to him anymore. You know what we can do? Once again, remind him of what his future is. Remind him that he doesn't have power over you. In fact, it's just the opposite. You've got power over him. He's weak and pathetic, y'all. He really is. All it takes is one word. Jesus. Y'all, there's so much power in that name. Oh, there's so much power in that name. Not only is He my Redeemer, but He's my Healer. He's my Savior. He's my Master. Y'all come up with some names for Him. He, he's my best friend. He's the one that, that freed me from sin. He's the one that bought me with a price of His blood. He's the one that saved me from all, all forms of unrighteousness. He's the one that has elevated me to a status that I couldn't attain on my own. He is my ever-living Master and Savior. He's my Creator. He's the one that, that paid for me. He's the one that defeated death, hell, and the grave. He is the one that rose again on the third day. And not only that, but He is the one that's going to help me to rise again someday. Someday. He's the one I serve. He's the one that, that bought my freedom and paid for me and allowed me to be free. He's much greater than Satan. He had, Satan has no power compared to him. And because of what he did, because of what he's done for me, I have access to that same kind of power. You know why? Because I'm special, right? No. <laughs> I mean, ain't no different than you. There ain't nothing more special about me than any of y'all sitting here. The, the difference is knowing who you are. I know who I am, and therefore when I pray, I can pray with boldness. The Word tells me I can come boldly to the throne of grace. You say, well, that might sound like you're kind of up on yourself a little bit there, Kevin. No. I'm following what the Word of God says I can do. I can't twist God's arm. But you know what I can do? I can bend His ear. 
where it says, He inclined unto me and heard my cry. He pays attention when we pray. And when you speak in the name of Jesus, it's just that. It's just like He's standing there speaking. You call on Him when you need Him. See if He don't come. 